Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 4, Episode 2 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, covering December the 27th to January the 2nd in Moses chapter 1 and Abraham chapter 3. And today we're going to continue our study of uh, Moses chapter 1, specifically dealing with the interaction that Moses has with Satan. Um, We have already spoken about how he introduces himself um, and calls Moses the son of man. Now, obviously, uh, Moses um, has just had this interaction with Heavenly Father. um, And I think that it's important for us to remember um, that, that he has just been taught very clearly that he is a son of God. And so in verse 13, it says, Uh, Moses says, Who art thou? For behold, I am a son of God, in the similitude of his only begotten, and where is thy glory, that I should worship thee? So, Moses has had an experience with with the Lord, and then he has this experience with Satan, and he can tell the difference between the two. What does that teach us, I guess, about resisting temptation and recognising Satan's uh, advances uh, to us? I mean, for me, clearly, it means that we need to be having experiences with with our Heavenly Father and with our Saviour so that we can de- uh, discern and deduce what we need to avoid and what we shouldn't do. If we're not having those regular experiences with the Saviour in our lives, whether it be through scripture study or through prayer or through partaking uh, ta- of the sacrament and trying to fill the Spirit, then we will be easier um, to lead away. Um, by by the adversary. And so these positive, uplifting spiritual experiences are important. One thing that uh, I've done recently, which I read about in a book um, called... Um, oh, I've actually forgotten the title of it. I think it was uh, Finding Peace in Christ. It was by John Hilton III. Um, so if you Google John Hilton III and Finding Peace, you'll, it'll probably come up. Um, he gives a number of interesting and insightful ways in which we can reflect on our relationship with our Saviour, how we can, how we can um, do some simple activities in our daily lives to find peace. And one of those was to record down, similar to in Hebrews, where it talks about by faith, and then it lists like a number of things that happen in the scriptures because of faith, such as Moses parting the Red Sea and various other things like that. Um he suggests writing our own by faith uh, paragraph. So by faith, what miracles, what spiritual experiences that are memorable have you had in your life? And hopefully if you start recording those down, then you'll record ones down that you have after that point. Because I'm sure that I probably have some spiritual experiences that maybe I've forgotten about. Obviously, I remember a significant number that were had an impact on me and that have taken place and I've recorded those down now. But doing that as well, as t- time moves on, with experiences that I will remember in the moment, I can record those down. If we do that, if we remember those spiritual experiences, our interaction with the divine, then when we come across temptations or suggestions to do something else that are not of God, then we're more likely to recognise it for the fake that it is. In verse 14, Moses explains how he knows that Satan is not um, what he says he is. He says, for behold, I could not look upon God except his glory should come upon me and I were transfigured before him. But I can look upon thee in the natural man. Is it not, is that, is it not so surely? 
Blessed be the name of my God, for his spirits have not altogether withdrawn from me, or else where is thy glory? For it is darkness unto me, and I can judge between thee and God. For God said unto me, Worship God, for him only shalt thou serve. Get thee hence, Satan, deceive me not. Um, in verse 17, we get a bit of a, an idea of where chronologically this visit um, of, of the Lord and Satan to Moses happens. In verse 17 it says, And he also gave me commandments when he called unto me out of the burning bush, saying, Call upon God in the name of mine only begotten, and worship me. So we have there a bit of an idea that it happens after the burning bush episode. We also learn in this section that it happens before he reaches Egypt to help Israel get set free. So it's quite a short um, window there, and perhaps it's part. This is part, or a more fuller part, of the experience of the burning bush, because we know the Lord speaks to Moses, one to one in that moment, and so perhaps this is a more full detail or more full um, account of that visitation. Um, it continues on, and. Moses says, and I love this, um, Moses says, because Moses is giving quite a long answer here to Satan. And in verse 18, he finishes by saying, I will not cease to call upon God. I have other things to inquire of him, for his glory has been upon me. Wherefore, I can judge between him and thee, depart hence, Satan. I find this really interesting that Moses, one of Moses' key um, drivers to reject the adversary is obviously because he's seen the glory of God. He has seen the power and the difference between God and what is being presented before him now. Um, and he also has other questions. <laughs> he wants to find out more. And I wonder sometimes if in our lives we we lose this, um, not desire as such, but lose this need to ask questions of the Lord. Perhaps we feel like our testimony is fairly strong where it is right now. Perhaps we feel like we know what we're doing and what our job should be in or our family situation we want to be in and stuff like that perhaps things are going along as they, as things should and perhaps we don't we lose that desire to have any questions answered but really we should always be asking questions seeking to find out more seeking more guidance and insight uh, and Moses clearly has that um that desire and I wonder if that's you know one of the reasons why he was called as a prophet because he wants to find out more he wants to know what the Lord wants him to do now, um, in verse 19, um, this has clearly not worked. And so Satan then cries with a loud voice and rants upon the earth. And then it says, and then he says, I am the only begotten, worship me. Now, he's first tried to de deny Moses of his understanding that he is a child of God and that hasn't worked. And so now he tries to deceive him and say that he is the only begotten. And I do wonder to what level um, Satan actually believes this as well. Perhaps he actually has gotten to a stage where he is so self-centered, he is so um, focused on him and his, you know, perceived um, power and potential that he actually believes he is the only begotten. Or perhaps he is just trying to deceive Moses once again. Uh, and in verse 20, and this should remind us really that the adversary is powerful. In verse 20, it says, And it came to pass that Moses began to fear exceedingly, and as he began to fear, he saw the bitterness of hell. Nevertheless, calling upon God, he received strength, and he commanded, saying, Depart from me, Satan, for this one God only will I worship, which is the God of glory. Um, <clears throat> you know, 
we we should not, you know, look at this experience with Moses from the adversary and say, oh, we can take Satan because we can't. On our own, we are powerless. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is um, the case. And you see here that, you know, he tells him to go the second time, um, but he doesn't. In verse 21, and now Satan began to tremble and the earth shook. But then Moses does what we need to do when we're trying to dismiss temptation and remove the adversary from our lives. Moses received strength and called upon God, saying, In the name of the only begotten, depart hence, Satan. Um, and, you know, he doesn't go quietly. In verse 22, it says, And it came to pass that Satan cried with a loud voice, with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, and he departed hence, even from the presence of Moses, that he beheld him not. Now, we learn here that it is only through Christ that we can remove Satan's influence from our lives. We learn here that Satan has power. We learn here that Satan will try and deceive us with a number of tactics, um, ones which can probably dig away at us, our, our own self-identity, our fact that the fact that we are a divine ship, um, we are children of a divine heavenly Father with divine potential. We also learn that Satan will not go willingly; he will not go easily unless we bring Christ into our lives. Um, and how we do that, it may look different for all of us, but we need to bring Christ into our lives. We also learn that we can recognize Satan and his influences better if we are having constant communication and interaction with the Spirit, with our with our Savior. Um, we learn a lot from these, from this dozen, dozen or so verses. And it's no wonder, again, why it was try, it tried to be removed uh, by the adversary and his tactics. But we have it now in the full light of the restoration of the gospel. And, let's, and consider what you learn from this interaction between Moses and the adversary. Tomorrow we'll continue and conclude Moses chapter 1 when the Lord returns again to him uh, and gives more light and knowledge. Thank you very much for listening today and until we meet again.